It's hot. I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. Ole, ole. Ole, ole. Welcome, everyone, to Tacked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's a very hot episode 273. I'm here with a very hot Lucy. Yes, I'm the puddle formerly known as Lucy. <laughs> I have melted. I have opened the arc in Indiana Jones, yep. and my face has melted. As so. you mentioned the other day, you were like um, the senator from X-Men. <laughs> yes, mm. the puddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pud- Senator Puddleman yeah. walking out of the sea <laughs> in a gelatinous form. And um, we're also here. What, what with, is his name? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, we're also here with a very hot adult. Oi! Hey. I am already shiny and only going to get shinier, I fear. <laughs> the problem with being sweaty and also having a, a direct light, just this patch, which looks very light, just, just spreads. Spreads mm. through the episode. Good. Let's Much like up. Senator Kelly worried yes. about mutants <laughs> spreading through the population. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let's uh. open open some beers. It's hot. Let's get some nice, nice cool beers down us. Uh, Lucy, what are you mm. starting with this week? I'm starting with a Dea. Um, nice. And spoilers, I'll end with a Dea also. Um, okay. This is uh, called Worried Dream, and it is a premium bitter, 5%. Oh. It looks like it was uh, is this a collaboration beer with Tylees? I can't even read what that says. Somewhere, somewhere, some, some, some brewery in Gloucester. Okay. I mm. think. Um... There's no flavour text. Yeah, as, there, as there normally nothing. isn't with dare, is there? I don't give oh, a much wait, to hold on. There is actually, just on the other side of the can. Oh. A deliciously smooth, hoppy and easy drinking premium bitter. Uh, finest Brookhouse hops and a sneaky yeast blend. How hmm. is yeast sneaky? I don't know. Usually hmm. you know when the yeast comes around. Um... Brooding collaboration with our good friends at Tiley's. Lush. <laughs> nice. Good. Uh, Adam, what are you drinking? Uh, to the surprise of me, because uh, I've been a puddle all week, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously we're recording this um, on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday. Uh, I grabbed, I got a Beer 52 in, I looked at some things, I was like, those sound tasty, I put them in the fridge days and days ago. So I grabbed the two I put in the fridge on the weekend or something, mm-hmm. or like Sunday or Monday. Should always double check, maybe earlier in the day. Um, I have two stouts. <laughs> It'll be fine, because I don't really subscribe to We Must Match Things to Our Weather, but... I don't know how you, you can drink like a stout or like a... <laughs> Triple IPA in the seat. I, I don't get it. Oh, I could easily down triple IPA in the seat. No, but no. um, I'm gonna start with <laughs> this one. Uh, so this is from the Beer Fifty Two um, 
check bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Garden Brewery, which I've had several times on the podcast before, I think. Yeah. It's their coconut and tonka bean milk stout with vanilla and cacao and a nine malt stout base. Exactly what you want um, at 30 degrees. <laughs> uh, it has no flavor text. It is a 330 milk can and uh, it's 5.5%. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm mostly joking, partially joking him, um, but like, we'll see. Um, I also, uh, I was working in a pub earlier and had the want to go to the sun, um, which is a very good beer um, for hot weather. So I can already recommend that. Who's that from? Uh, I'm now drawing a blank which local brewery that is. Um, Lost and Grounded. Lost and Grounded, That's yes. What it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really nice, slightly tropical um, uh, pale ale. Mm-hmm. I think it's like four and a bit change percent. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, nice. It's because I keep working in that place, basically, it's like, oh, it's dinner time. Now I'm going to like gear down. You know, maybe I'll have a beer before I go and finish up whatever whatever work I'm sure. doing. And that's yeah, yeah. been, like, become sort of the, yeah, this is a decent little, just have a beer to chill at the end of the day. Nice. That's good. Nice little reward for getting a little work done. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Especially good. on a week like this where you are, like, drinking pint after pint of water. Yes. Yeah. I might need to go to the toilet eight times this episode, so. <laughs> oh, mate. I, it's it's so hot. I haven't been to the toilet for days, mate. My body's just using every everything it possibly can. Just I don't know going. if you you know this, but that means you need to be hydrating more. <laughs> um, just just a well, little bit more. I'm going to hydrate right now. I'm going to mm. drink Portal IPA. I'm coming up to Birmingham from Dig. Mm. Uh, this has some very very red writing on a very bad green yeah. thing that you can barely read. World famous portal gas fixings. Yeah. Okay. All right. What fittings? Um, Coiling and gastro pub holdings. So. IPA six percent. Uh, IPA hopped with Palisade Cryo, Centennial Cryo, Cunot Cryo, and Simcoe Cryo. That's pretty much everything. Yeah, it is six percent. It's getting water everywhere. It's all over me books, it's all over me hands, it's all over me desk. That's mm-hmm. fine. We'll crack it open. Love that water. Um, we'll come back to you, Lucy. Mm. To let us know about the beer. Yeah. It's very hazy. It's um it's probably a bit more orangey on camera, but it's mm-hmm. like a dark straw. Very hazy. Uh it's basically opaque. Um Remember, it's got uh, like a very light citrusy smell to it. Mm-hmm. Bit of malt. Taste-wise, it's very refreshing. Nice. It's got the, 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 that citrusiness carries through into the flavour, and um, yeah, it's got a, definitely got like a malty and bitter backbone though to it, which is nice. Mm. Um. When you think of premium bitter, I probably think of the bitterness a bit stronger, but it's a bit more restrained in this, but that's not a bad thing. Sure. Um, Because it balances well with that lightness and citrusiness. Nice. 
You do expect it to be yeah. sort of incredibly malty and, and mm, stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely got, got a lot of malt in it. Um, they said it was a hoppy on the can. It's not too hoppy. Um, and it's not too carbonated. It's quite soft, really. But mm. it, it, it it still, you know, brings that... It still evokes, like, the sense of a lager in it, though. Um, so that... Those aren't minuses at all whatsoever. Um, it, it's really nice, really refreshing. Um, I got like a twenty-four pack of um, Dea beers because I think you can. I think you nowadays you can only choose. You can't buy like packs of six. Yeah, I think it's you have to choose like oh. individual beers, or you can make a pack of twelve or twenty-four or something. Okay, I may be wrong. Maybe they just put on the packs of six on like. Fridays or something. I ordered this uh, hmm. early during this week, but um, yeah, after I got it, I, I realised I only put a few of these on it, and I was just like, "This is the perfect weather. I should have got more of them." And that mm. it, it tastes good. It's really, it's really nice. So, not not a well, they do all sorts of you know styles, but it's not one you usually see from them, like lagers mm, or bitters or anything like that. Yeah, but it it has got their like signature, very soft, very smooth. Um, Bit citrusy, got it got that flavour in it as well. So nice, it's good. It's nice, good, it. good, amazing. Uh, Adol, the milk stout. It looks like a cola. It's a little <laughs> a little darker than a cola, but there you do have the reddy brown. I don't think you can see it. No, not uh, quite. If, with the light here, but it's just got a slight reddy brownness on the bottom where the light hits it. Um, so it's more cola y than than black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lovely nose. Um, you get that sweetness, um, and it's rounded out by assuming the tonka bean. Um, just it's a little more full mm. than just sort of the sweet um, smell of lactose that you usually get. Mm-hmm. Um, he's melted. He's, he's no longer here. It, it, that <laughs> sent him that over it. the edge. Yeah, he's oh, gone. Did internet? Stall or something? No, no. no. Oh, okay, I'm just watching me slowly <laughs> drink. Yeah. Um, this is really good. Um, it's five point five percent. Well, there's that at least. It's um, it's um, it doesn't quite have the viscosity that we usually talk about, but in this weather, that's kind of fine. Yeah. Um, I really like the the different moment uh, bits of multi taste. There's a slight. Uh, ever so slight, like more acrid burnt malt taste, but it's mostly covered by just sort of much more round coffee, chocolate, like cacao nib sort of flavors. Mm. So there's just like at the back, there's a bit of burnt malts, but mostly it's just the layering of the more coffee end things, uh, which you want out of a stout. Um, like I said, the sweetness isn't too strong, and it's just it's rounded out by something else, so it doesn't feel. Like like a re- like a milk stout where you're like ah yes dessert again which is really good for um, having a stout at a time like this yeah. um, uh, but actually I, I think it's fine I, I'm not like oh it's probably a little colder than I would have it on a different time of day but that's evening out and I'm curious as it warms up which it will very quickly um, whether taste look what other tastes will come out but there's um. Trying to figure out what the chocolate it's reminding me of is, and I can't quite place it. Okay. 
Um, but I'll mull while while you're talking. If I can figure it out, I'll let you know. Sure. Okay. So the uh, the dig dig brew portal IPA. Lovely light nose. A little tropical. Maybe a little sort of stoom for it. Have you already got it? Have you already picked up the chocolate? A little bit. Go on, go on. It's. I think it's. It's almost like if you had in a regular like milk chocolate, you put like so you had a giant bar of milk chocolate, and you put like one segment of Terry's, Terry's chocolate orange in. There's just a hint, like one <laughs> tiny bit. There's just a hint of fruitiness in okay. there. I, and I think it's not actually the orange part. I'm just thinking, oh, it's a bit fruity, and I mm. think that might be the tonk bean pulling uh, some flavors away from just the strict stouty ones and so it, it's what's giving it a roundness it's giving it a neat interesting peak but again it's not like orange it's just maybe, like maybe it's a uh, dairy milk whole nut and fruit and whole nut but without the whole nut, the nut yeah it's so just... I guess it's a fruit and nut hold hold the yeah it's like a dairy milk with that one segment hold of fruit nuts. and nuts that had no nuts in it I guess yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, like, oh, right, fruit and chocolate. And that was my brain mm. went to cherry chocolate. Oof, which yeah, is a sin, um, but continue. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to be I holding am. nuts in this heat, do they? Um, I mean... <laughs> I meant the fruit and the chocolate. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. Um, right, this beer, I really want to drink it. Yeah, you can mm. get your face in it. Oh, that's nice. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So on the nose, you're getting a little bit of, uh, not quite dankness, but there's a, there's a, a yeah. slight kind of weedy hint to it very very slightly mm. on the nose uh, it's a lovely sort of orangey kind of colour and you do get maybe a little kind of orange in the flavour maybe more kind of uh, edging towards that sort of like orange peel kind of flavour a little bit more sort of citrusy but it's got this lovely dank piney finish to it hmm it's very smooth and actually that kind of dankness and that piney, it is a bit more piney. Very, very piney. It actually kicks in quite early. So you do get a little bit of that fruit first off, but it, it comes sort of straight in. And, you know, when we, we talk about there have been a couple of beers where we've had the kind of a couple of flavours going on and, and working together along that quite well. And this does that. This allows there to be that little bit of fruitiness, maybe a little bit of orange, but then also that piney, dank, weedy kind of note as well which runs alongside it. It's not one then flows into the other, or as they're moving, one overshadows the other one and gets rid of it. You're getting both of these through at the same time. And actually, it's got a little bit of an oily quality to it as well. It's not viscous, but it just coats the tongue just a little bit. Hmm. Um, it's very nice. It's very, very nice. Lovely. Lovely jubbly. Mm, mm. Maybe, again, maybe not quite a hot beer a uh, hot day beer mm-hmm. uh, but very very nice nonetheless um, and, and probably one that you would you know I, I would drink it today absolutely but maybe mm. after I'd had a couple of kind of pails or something you know some, some smaller lighter beers sort of through the day or a couple of lagers or something this would sit perfectly after a couple of lagers out sort of sat in the sun for the afternoon that this would be a lovely beer to, to switch to because it has that extra dankness that you kind of get with a lot of sort of more modern kind of pilsners and things like that so this would follow mm. on really really well from that um, but again in its own right very nice just to start my little session this evening on so hmm mm, lovely so we're going to drink these beers and let's jump into talking about 
some video games this week, or video game culture, or whatever everyone wants to talk about this week. Uh, Adol, I thought we'd start mm. with you this week. We haven't started with you for, for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a game that you've played which we can run through, because I watched you play it. Yeah. yeah, you were in the back seat on my stream on Tuesday's first I had no idea what was going on. Mm, I watched yeah. all of it, and I had some idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I played uh, the Fermi Paradox, um, which is like a... Well, the Fermi Paradox is a choice-driven sci-fi narrative strategy game in which your decisions in one corner of the galaxy can upend entire civilizations in another, guide species through millennia, and help them explore the vastness of space, make contact, and perhaps create harmony. So it's kind of like a 4X Stellaris type of game, except you're not really guiding one civilization to conquer everyone else, which I really like. It's more of, there's like, I think, seven-ish like solar systems, and the game starts where a civilization arises in one of them, and you have to sort of guide it through not destroying itself and then as the game progresses a civilization will pop up in a different area of the galaxy and so now you have to balance both and then at the end of my two hour session there were three civilizations at different obviously different levels of development um, and basically the main gameplay loop is um, you have uh, synthesis which is the currency essentially but basically um Time just goes until, an, uh, just ro- rolls forward until a choice point, and then you can go to kind of any of the planets and pick from three options, and then there's sometimes options out, out in space, and those options will either be gather the synthesis currency, like click a thing, it'll do something that impacts that system, and you'll get some currency, or if you're if you've got like a civilization going. Sometimes instead of of the three choices, it'll be like um, like increase um, dystopia or utopia meter. Uh, so it's basically four or five different meters um, that you're trying to balance out, and like sometimes your choices are like increasing or decreasing them. Um, and obviously, the point isn't. So for a while there, I was trying to scream my civilizations through, like, the Bronze Age and the Iron Age, because I've played Civilization before. And then I realized, oh, right, the game is supposed to be, like, the, the, the intro video calls you, like, the galaxy's gardener. And so the point isn't make everyone meet each other. Really, the point is make everyone not want to kill each other. <laughs> um, and, and it starts with um, a choice of, like, a balanced race, which gives you zero synthesis. Um an ideal race you have to pay synthesis for, or an unbalanced uh, race, um, which will have more negative characteristics, which will give you synthesis. So we started with dinosaurs on Earth, um, and the humans were the balanced race, and the like ideal ones were the dolphins, mm-hmm. and because yes. they were obviously Douglas Adams fans. Um, but it, and so with the dinosaurs, we sort of started kind of in the bin towards dystopia. And in the bin towards like peacefulness, um, but we had good like, and we had a good population, but we were using our resources quite quickly. Um, and so, you know, you click through the choices, and it's like, oh, and then you find out that like being twenty percent towards dystopia is a big deal because one choice point that happens, like you don't get to just pick 
like you, you never know what choice points you're going to get. So it could be a while before you get a choice point that has to deal with like dropping your dystopia utopia meter. Um, and it went 0.3 percent, and it you're like, very oh, slow. yes, that's very slow. So starting 20 percent in the hole is a big deal. And also, I think it influenced how often things went bad on the planet. They, they just wanted to fight each other constantly. Yeah. And, like, that, of the civilizations, the only one that hit, like, apocalyptic moments was, like, dinosaurs got all wiped out almost entirely two, three times in the run, and no one else got, like, hit at all. Um, uh, so these, yeah, so basically that's the thing, the basic gameplay loop, and then sometimes there'll be these and then as you increase you'll have like events and sometimes it'll be you hit the bronze age and then you'll get a point you make a choice that'll give you like a special bronze age styled boost uh and sometimes it's just like ah uh, you know because of where your levels are there's now a big a guy who's seizing control of the dinosaurs um are you going to let him fight or unite the tribes or like how are you going to deal with this and you get so it's kind of like reigns in the sense of you're balancing meters and you're making choices but a lot more randomness, and obviously the big hook is the best solution usually is spending the synthesis option, um, but you only have so much synthesis that you gain between you get getting through these, and once I had three civilizations going, it was like, ah, I've just spent 30 of my 49 to make sure this civilization doesn't get fucked by this choice point. But now I'm hitting another choice point over here, and I just can't do one of the options because I just don't have enough money mm. synthesis. Um, we found that sweet basic... spot, didn't we, where yeah. there was sort of you, you always wanted to have about 30 or 40 synthesis in the bank yeah. because if something big happened, there was kind of always this get-out choice, but you had to pay about 30 synthesis to be able to you know stop the destruction of the dinosaurs or, or you know whatever kind of extra things that they would you know whether it was an asteroid or something or, or however kind of they dealt with it and yeah. and i remember we were rolling through and kind of some of the choices you'd made you hadn't spent very much you'd saved up quite a few sort of synthesis and we got to points like yeah yeah spend it let's let's do this and spend it and then suddenly it's like oh no we needed that oh shit yeah. okay um we can you, you've only got the choice of then two of the three options because we'd spent the synthesis rather yeah. than hoarding it as you know as we should everyone talks That's, about hoarding all of the, the items yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. hoarded all exactly well, games have taught us this minimals. games have taught yeah. us this through you know you, you hoard all of your ammo and your inventory grenades. items and your grenades and your healing items and stuff and you never use them you get to the end of the game like why have I got 4,000 grenades? I didn't need 4,000 grenades. I could have been using these. So when we had the opportunity, we were like, yeah, we'll spend it. Why not? Let's 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 have a go. No, should have kept yeah. it. But also, I think right at the end of the run, we had just spent 30 to save something. Ooh, and then... Like the centipede people. Yeah, and, th and then another people had like a minor event, and it was like, oh, we, we, like, we couldn't take... We didn't need to take the like ideal option but we couldn't because like we had 49 or fit or like 45 saved um yeah and that just wasn't an option um which i like because that, that's it means that you can't just be even if you played really conservatively you're gonna hit a point where you're you're just trading off between these people which i mm. think is what the end game looks like like having four or five of these would be way harder to balance 
because um, obviously every choice point puts all the civilizations forward by one, but yeah. you're only really impacting like our second people were like horse people, and they we picked the we spent the thirty to make the like idealized race, and they basically just cranked through and progressed way faster than the dinosaurs and had no problems, and they kind of ran themselves until so. When they did have a, a sort of an RNG event that was bad, it was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I can take care of you for now. But now I can just – meanwhile, except for their, like, big, like, splash events, it was just like, how do we fix our poor broken dinosaur people? Because they're always like, we've invented the phalanx. Now, do you do you want to spend money so that they decide it's not worth being in warfare? Or do you get money by making them think warfare is great and then it like makes a dystopia like it was just a it, it makes a dystopia yeah. but also you lose like 90 percent of the population because war just ravages the planet or something yeah so and then there's in, so there's interesting things like they they tamed dogs and so they became like the dog dinosaur tribe mm. um and then they and then a comet came and oh no a volcano, volcano came and kill, yes. killed them all all but like a hundred, uh, seven hundred thousand, um, and so they became the burned dog dino tribe. And then later on in the run, uh, the oceans just destroyed their civilization, and we couldn't help it because we'd spend the money saving the cent uh, on the centipedes. Uh, and so then they became the wet or the drowned, yeah, the drowned dog yes. dino tribe. And like, I really like the flavor. The art's really nice and simple. Like, like, it's it's really nice that it's like. You know, if it's going to the Iron Age, the the very good art is the same. It's all the same splash is screens. Is this not the like... prequel to Theodore X? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's getting to, like, New York in the 80s. I mean, kind 90s. of, yeah. I mean, we never got okay. there. Yeah. I'm sold, though. Yeah. If they, if what they need to do is, is you know, it's in early, it's, it is in early access, isn't it? Yes. At the moment. What they need to do is take all of that early access money pay Whoopi Goldberg just to do yes. all of the voiceover work for the entire <laughs> thing. And then, I yes. would buy this game in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so just Whoopi to... and Smash. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really liked it, um, but there was a couple things which I think, given it's an early access, it's good to sort of air. So we have basically... Like one, there's five like bars that you're balancing. Mm. There's your general um, tech age, which you know starts at nothing and goes through Bronze Age, Iron Age, etc. Um, and it, it's just a percent level, so it's just leveling up. You've got your population, which has like a it's like a icon of two people hugging, I think, because they're like it's actually a two headed person with two arms it's like you know the bathroom guy but with two heads mm. but i think it's supposed to be a couple anyway okay. and it's got a growth rate so it tells you how fast your civilization is growing um which is really useful once you get a handle on like mentally and then you've got your resource usages and so you've got a huge storage amount and then what's even more important is the stat beside it which says resource scarcity in x years so to give you an example our like idealized horse people they they never dipped between twenty like I think they started at twenty two thousand years until they got resource scarce and by the time they teched up it was like we ended the game when they were like eighty thousand or sixty thousand year, years mm. until they were re resource scarce. Meanwhile, the dinosaurs were like always within two thousand like at one point it was like sixteen fifteen hundred years before they would get resource scarce. And to be honest, the giant like 
the volcanoes killing half of them, all of them and like saved them from starving out. Because <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. so to give an idea of like how different the the species could be, um, and then the um, they had this like dove meter, which is like I assume warfare. Yes, uh, yes. A, a war meter, and it's um, and then it would tell you. Uh, the potential war casualties and how much of the population it would be. And so at one point, because the dinosaurs had been wiped, if war broke out, it would kill twice as many dinosaurs as there were because they were so aggressive that they would have just killed... Luckily, we didn't have war. And that's another thing I'm curious about. We never really kicked off a war. And Mm. then there's the utopia dystopia... um, Are you... 0% 0% neutral, or are you like 7% utopia or 20% dystopia? Um, the reason why I'm going through describing these is because that was like my the weirdest thing about the game is so when you get to these choice points that aren't getting synthesis, they'll be like a white dove icon with a plus sign or like the outline of the dove icon with a minus sign. And so you know it's going to move that bar... And usually in these games, the bars fill up. So plus moves it, fills it up. It moves it to the right. Um, but actually, because the dystop- or because the dove icon was casualty rate or lack of casualty rate, the plus thing would move it to the left because the right side of that bar is more people dead, and the left side of the bar is zero people dead. Mm. Um, so it so like I, I just clicked on the wrong things a handful of times before realizing it. But then right below it, the dystopia utopia one, the plus sign moves it to the right because it's towards utopia, and the minus side moves it to the left because it's towards dystopia. And so at the beginning of the game, it was in just entirely unclear what the choices would do. It, um, it, it sort of it's almost started off... Um, Kind of a little on the back foot, didn't it? Because it, it it came up and said, "Make this choice," and you're like, "Okay, cool." Uh, I don't really understand what I'm choosing between or what I'm doing because it hasn't explained it to me. So you made the choice, and on the next screen, it would explain to you the choice that you had just made. And like, yeah, okay. I think maybe but also the, the screens. It were... gave the yeah, it gave the key, but it didn't tell you what the choice you made. So even after it told me, "Oh, okay," so this was. So yeah, it didn't even give you the primer for that I just gave you, where the dove is the casualties of war type thing. You're right. Thanks, Ben, for reminding me because I forgot about that. So then you click the thing. You're like, I don't know what this does. And then it's like, here's what that did. And you're like, which one did I click? <laughs> and you're like, and then and then like several turns later, you're like, oh wait, that one goes that way, but this one goes that way, mm. and they're both plus signs. Like, so it was opaque. Yeah, it was just like really. I, I mean, this is easily fixed, but it's it's very odd that on multiple occasions in in like the early part of the game, the tutorial will come in after you had to pick. Um, and then, like I said, then the fact that the meters all don't have plus going in the same direction is odd. Um, and and again, opaque. It's nothing. And there's no like, hover, like even if there was a tooltip hover over, it would help. There isn't. It's just like. Uh, and then I'm harping on this just because I want to get this stuff out of the way, but like on the events where you're like, where instead of being 
where it's like this is happening. Do you do the pay the synthesis choice, the no paying synthesis choice, or something that sucks and you gain synthesis for it? Like it's always that. It's just like negative synthesis, zero positive synthesis. You can click them, and then it gives you a blurb about what that means. But that makes for really, really jarring gameplay because I do a choice and I'm like, oh, I can figure out what, what this means. Cool. That's, that's what that means. And then I I hit OK and then it gives me one of these other things where it's like, well, do you want to have an event? Do you want to get a generic synthesis? Do you want to have an event that minus doves or an event that plus sciences? And you're like, oh, what does that mean again? You click on it and it makes a choice. Mm. Mm. And like the fact that we don't have consistency of click submit versus click is very confusing. And I, a couple of times, like except for like after an hour of playing it straight, I, I didn't make that mistake. But even like knowing that that was a thing, I would still kind of mess it up because it's like, especially after the events where like, oh, right, I can kind of, this is important. Let me figure it out. And they're like, oh, a new choice. Oh, actually, their warfare of the dinosaurs is kind of tenuous. Do I want to click that or that? Oh, I clicked the thing and I didn't get to confirm. I've just sent it away, and and the game's giving me real mixed messages on on the on the gameplay loop that way. Um, so that that's something that I hope, um, and I might actually send them a note about because I I just think between the lack of signal or the really disjointed signaling that that Ben brought up and this, it's just like ugh, I could see people kind of bouncing. Y- earlier in the game just because it's kind of more confusing than it needs to be yeah and I think I commented when you were playing saying that that once you'd gone through these kind of first three or four choices that you had to make at the beginning of the game without knowing too much about it suddenly you get to a point where you're like oh I now understand what you've made me make choices about actually I'm just going to start again rather than roll on with what I've got because I feel like I'm now in a detrimental position to begin, you know, life on this kind of um, life within this galaxy. galaxy. So it, it's definitely one where I think a little bit more kind of communication up front would have helped to just just set you on the right kind of path. Well, I can I can get the idea that they want you to kind of discover things yourselves, and. You know, if that's what they're kind of going for, there there might be a better way of doing it than being like, make a choice. Now here's the thing. Now here's what the what you've done. Make a choice. Now here's what you've done. You know, there needs to be a little bit more of a primer beforehand, just to set you up a little bit more. So even if you're making those kinds of choices and it is a little bit blind, at least you have some knowledge about what you're setting yourself up for. So even if you come out at the end. And it's maybe with an unbalanced race on a poorly picked planet and all of this sort of stuff. You go, well, okay, fine. I, I can deal with the hand I've been dealt. But if you don't know what you're doing and then you get given that scenario, I think you'd be a little bit more annoyed. And again, it's another checkout point for people, I think, of them going, oh, I'll yeah. come, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play this. I'll start again, but I'm going to come back to it later. I'll, I'll go and, you know, yeah. do something else for, for a little bit or play something else for a little bit. I'll come and check this out again, uh, you know, tomorrow or next week or something like that. So I think a little bit more communication up front would have helped definitely just, just streamline the experience for you a bit. Yeah. And, and like you said, I like, um, 
it's the fact that like you're on the back foot and then you have these like confusing UI things that you have to play suboptimally to figure out on top of the generic wait what am I doing oh now I feel like maybe I should have started with a, a, a balanced race now that I realize how different it is mm. that type of thing I mean then and the fact that like to figure out how the game worked I had to make suboptimal choices like again it's just it's just the stack of them make isn't needed and, and I think like you said it just could deter people um, having said that, like I really liked the last sort of twenty minutes of playing with the three races, and really feeling feeling like, like with the um, caterpillar type people, the third people, mm. the Ash—that's what they were called. Um, I realized, like, I had figured out by going through two of the other races, is like I I'm happy with these guys, like. I don't have a super warlike race that's going to try and conquer people, so I'm happy with these guys just getting through the Iron Age on their own pace versus, like, trying to rush them through. Um, and, like, the fact that my most peaceful um, world was the least warlike was, like, cool. Well, that bodes well, because I know at some point in this, um, on the save file, like, Things are going to happen in the middle, and I'm super curious about how that'll turn out. And hopefully, I'll have some time before next week's episode to talk about it um, or to play it. I mean, um, but like, it really did mean that like our unstable dinosaurs took most of the time because they just you're like, oh, they're 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 constantly on the verge of killing themselves or being destroyed. But also, like, knowing like so with the Ash, we spent the money to make them, um, you know. Utopia balanced or whatever you want to call it, just just so that like it, we wouldn't have to worry, and so we only had one kind of rough planet, and it did start to feel like gardening of like, oh, when these people need attention, when this thing needs attention, I'll go pay attention to it. But actually, this thing's the thing that needs the most work, so I'll just pay attention to that. But I'll check in every once in a while. I'm mm. um, similarly like on the onboarding. I've just reminded myself I didn't even realize I could just hit the left arrows that are. On, left right arrows that are on the screen uh, icons and it would take me not not through the whole system, solar system but just through the active mm. ones which had which made going through everything a lot quicker because I was having to zoom out of the map click on the thing then the other solar system to, to see what was going on so again it's early access so these are things I, I hope mostly it's like a lot of just tool tipping I think yeah, um, yeah. but I am super curious about what the like end game looks like when 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 they're when they're not just on their individual planets, um, but yeah, I, I I really liked it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna play it some more. Uh, it, it gripped me the right way. It's a really neat game, and I'm hoping yeah. It's it's definitely one of those that you need a good chunk of time to to put into it. Absolutely, and as you said, like you get to that point where you'd played a couple of hours and then you would got to a point where you'd started to get a little bit more interesting when more stuff was going on when you were having to make more decisions and balance things out a little bit more that was the interesting part of it uh, rather yeah. than kind of like the first hour unfortunately but it, 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 I think there's definitely a way that they can kind of get that to, to you know to speed up that up that first hour could actually be like the first 30 minutes Instead, yeah. that actually things happen maybe a little bit quicker, uh, so you get to that slightly well, more interesting point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key. Is like as you said, um, if the onboarding was more streamlined, then they could. Because I think what it was was, 
expecting us to f- have to figure out the game meant giving us a second race wasn't very good because like you know that's good design right like if i if you don't think people know understand the mechanics don't introduce a secondary level of the mm-hmm. mechanics mm-hmm. right now now you're balancing them but actually if they just front loaded those or added those tool tips or or, or did something a little more tutorial esque um then you could sort of i mean in the code you could easily trigger a second I, i'm assuming it's not perfectly random right like i'm assuming there's a trigger point of a second race choice points otherwise you, you know someone could just spend 10,000 years because the RNG didn't do well and they were just like I just had the one right but anyway like triggering a second planet even if it was artificial and the rest was RNG for two plus would be really good because that shows you the balancing mm. and if you've done the the work on the onboarding then you can trigger that much sooner and then people get a feel for the idea of the balance versus with one planet it really feels like kind of like a Civ game yeah but with less things, like you're not moving anything around. You're just choosing, like as a choose your own adventure civ game kind of. It feels like, and they're like, oh no, it's not this. And that's when the like remembering the intro video, like you're the galactic gardener. It's like right, I don't have to get these guys to space. I don't have to get these guys to meet each other and be happy with each other. I don't have to rush. It's kind of, like I think gardening is a good uh, notion because it does seem like the idea is just spend time. Don't rush. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's. Uh, I think that's all I really wanted to say this time around. Is like I. I oh, yeah. I really like the artwork. Um, it's really cool looking, especially for like they've put a lot of splash screens and a lot of quotes and stuff. They've put a lot of effort into, and the writing is really good. Um, there's a few spots where it's like, oh. It's the Iron Age, so if I click on a synthesis thing, it's going to tell me this thing about a guy dying or whatever. Like, there's a couple spots where the bank of prompts could be a little fuller because it was like, ah, I've seen that. I've seen that with the dinosaurs three times, so I knew I, it's now in the Iron Age. I'm going to see that with the. I'm going to read the exact same sentence with the Ash. And it's like, I know that takes work, but like, overall, except for a couple of those, I think it. it you know, it's an indie game. We're not going to expect thousands of lines of unique prose but i think it's it mostly draws a good balance like on the big things like tech age upgrades it's the same quotes it's the same splash screens but they're very well done and they're very interesting and so that's fine yeah um yeah nice so that's the fermi paradox perfect good stuff um anomaly games i think i forgot to say isn't fermi to do with ants um, I don't know. I mean, the Fermi paradox. We looked it up on stream. Is the paradox that, given the size of the universe, the sheer magnitude of the universe, we would expect to, uh, intelligent life to appear somewhere else? But we have so far have zero evidence that any has appeared outside of Earth. Uh, mm. uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. very likely that there are, are other intelligences, yet we have no proof of them. It's the Fermi yeah, paradox. Uh... It's a unit of length equivalent to probably something very small. It's oh. similar to the diameter of a proton. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <sighs> Good. It's science knowledge for everybody as well. Come yeah. on with the game. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so, um, we're at a bit of an odd point where we're coming close to second beers. 
But we're not, mm. not quite there yet, I don't think. I don't know. Oh, I don't already know. There. You're already there. Oh, well, fuck it. Go on then, Lucy. What, what are you drinking now then? <laughs> I can wait. No, absolutely. Go it for it. It might be a free Go beer I, mean, I, I can. I can nail this back. I got a big beer for my next one, so that'll last me for the rest of it. Um, it's another day. Um, this is the Bundo Bust uh, 5% Pale Ale. Hmm. Did you have this Ben the other day? No, I haven't had the Bundabust one. Okay. He had the Venga Bus. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, brewed in collaboration with the uh, inimitable Bundabust. Uh, this is a juicy pearl with Nelson Solvent and Motueka um, at the forefront. Oh, there's a full stop there. Uh, bright, <laughs> tropical, clean, and immensely drinkable. This beer marks the first of many collaborative projects with our pals up north. Mm. Lots of people collab yeah. with Bundabus, don't they? Which I think is a restaurant. The Motorweka and the Nelson Solvin was like familiar. I'm sure he had a beer with like two of those in Probably. it. Probably. Like last week or something and another half. That's why I thought it might have been this mm. week. No. Yeah, it's uh, 5% pale ale. Nice. I mean, you're already drinking it. How is it? It's 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 more dayer. Mm. <laughs> it's very much very soft, very citrusy, very light. Like uh, drinking the, the the premium bitter, it's like oh, if you gave me that, I probably wouldn't be able to tell it's dayer straight away. Um, sure, tasted a bit like mm, maybe a burning salt beer because they do. Okay, you know. uh, or maybe it's because I've just drank there lately, and mm-hmm. maybe that's in my mind. But this is you know signature dayer. Uh, sure, yeah. This is even lighter than the other one, straw coloured, same opaque, hazy uh, look to it. Yeah, it's really light. Th- this is like. It, the premium bit was good for this weather, but like, I think that maltiness and the bitterness, it, maybe you want that on a slightly less oppressively hot day, but this, <laughs> this, uh. This Bundobust one is very much like perfect for the weather. Nice, good, good, perfect. Oh, yeah, really light, but still managing to get all those citrusy flavours and tropical flavours. Mm-hmm. So. Nice, good. It's really good. Oh, it's uh, I, I keep picking the wrong day to have on the podcast. Like, was it last week? I had a day, <laughs> and it was sort of like super earthy and oniony. Where was the yeah? It yeah. was was last week. Uh, um, whereas I've had a again um, I went to the bottle shop a couple of times um, in the last uh, week and um, the bottle shop just down the road the news agents which is sort of turning more into a bottle shop I started chatting to the guy in there and he said that the, the <laughs> so basically they've got this big fridge which is probably the same length as my wall about three metres uh, yeah. uh, big big freezer or big fridge Full of beer, local beer. You know, there's Pomona Island, there's Daya, there's a few kind of um, breweries around there. There's uh, some American breweries as well. There's Whiplash in there, and a couple of other things. And he said that because um, I started chatting to just someone else who came in, and they were they were saying, "Oh wow, there's there's tons of beers, there's tons of beers," and they were like, "Oh, this is even better than Redland Stores." Mm. And um, and the guy, uh, the guy who who gets all the beer in 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 Pats down the road said, "Oh yeah, we're friends with the guys in Redland Stores. Um, yeah, we're, we're you know healthy competition sort of thing." And he said, "Actually, mm-hmm. we're kind of currently looking at getting rid of 
all of the soft drinks and all of the um, like macro beers that they've got in yeah. the next three meters worth of fridges and just filling that up with craft beer oh, as wow. well. I'm like, interesting. Oh yeah. Yes, please. All right. Sure. That sounds <laughs> it's like good. everything in Bristol just eventually morphs into a brewery or be a bottle shop. Yeah. Like I work if I if I go into a church expecting to pray, it's like oh, it's a brewery. Now. I mean, you could probably still pray in there, but you get a beer at the same time. <laughs> beer <cost. Yeah. laughs> Absolutely, it would be nice. Like I've had. Um, so there's a couple of uh, things that they put on. Um, so the beers they got from America aren't in the fridge or on a shelf uh, at Whiplash. And I think the ones that they're getting from further afield that are traveling over to them that they don't keep in like cold store as they're traveling, they're putting on the shelves. And, and Vault City are up there on the shelf as well, which which they can be from what I remember Andy sort of saying to us when he was in there uh, on the show. But... Hopefully they kind of then go into the fridge, you know, the whiplash goes into the fridge and they then get boundary over or something like, you know, that, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just, let's just get them to do these sorts of things. It reminds me of uh, the Simpsons with, um, the Hank Scorpio one when they're saying, oh, we, we cleaned up the city and you see like, oh, this, you know, seedy porn shop turns into like, I don't know, this really nice restaurant and stuff like that. And then the homeless guy like she transforms into like, <laughs> Is it like a post box or a bench or something or a plant pot or something? I was just thinking of that in Bristol. Like, I mean, gentr- the job centre is no gen- longer I mean, there. It's not gentrification in Bristol is slightly different than everywhere else, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's not ca- cafes and 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 stuff like that. It's just beer, just all beer yeah. everywhere. That's fine with me. But if Bristol wants to gentrify and it's beer related, I got no problem with that. Yeah, that's okay. Not wrong with that's okay. Again, <laughs> um, uh, Adol, we will we will come to you next. What's uh, what's your next beer? It's this one, which I'm pretty sure I read neon and thought it was another beer, and that's why I I put it in the fridge. But it's a neon stout. Oh, whoa! It's the Varionica neon stout. Uh, a firm favorite at our brewery, this beer will win you over with the exceptional fullness of flavor obtained by combining several specialty malts and cereals. Well balanced with a full-bodied mouthfeel supported by notes of black coffee and chocolate. Rich, creamy chocolate. It's brewing. It's a mere 6.2%. Okay. Nice. Little bigger than the last beer. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, though, the last beer, my suspicions were correct. I don't think I have a problem with having um, hot day stouts. Yeah, fine. There's hot girl summer, and there's hot stout summer, oh. I guess. <laughs> cool stout summer. Because um, yeah. you, you refrigerated them, right? So it's, it's, it's the cool stout Yeah, summer. I mean, it took them out reasonably early. This one's, like, I think a more ideal temperature. Yeah. Um. The last one opened up a bit, but it was mostly just um, just the depth of the flavors I had already described, or just a little more open mm-hmm. at uh, closer to room temperature. Fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, nice. Um, I should really bring a bit of like kitchen roll or something up with me on this uh, during the summer because again, th- th- this next beer has just left a puddle where it has been. It sat as it's just condensed everywhere. But I'm going to drink a Lervig, mm. big old 500 mm. mil can. It is the field trip. Kavik IPA, 7.4%. Okay. And it looks like this. It's a, a fridge. It looks like a fridge, but a portal to a nice 
place in the mountains from Santa Forest. Mm. Um, there's no flavour text on this apart from the hops, which are Cryo Laurel, Cryo Simcoe, Enigma, and Citra, brewed with Norwegian Voskevik yeast. Uh, I haven't had a Lerbig beer for fucking ages. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and I, again, I'm not down the road, saw this one at Bottle and Books uh, when I went up there last week um, and thought, oh yeah, Lervig. Lervig, definitely, that's what I want. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, rather than just getting moisture absolutely everywhere, I shall pour. Uh, Lucy's told us about her bundlebust pail as well. She's also disappeared off probably to the toilet. So we'll come back to you, Adam. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a, I think you can kind of tell it's a lot more brown it's a little um, lighter in color than the last one yeah um, oh it smells really nice I'm actually surprised because there's like a peak of sweetness um, on the nose given that this doesn't have lactose in it mm. um, oh, what is that so it's like this light milk chocolate um Really light malted, quite round taste. It's just this peak of a sweetness, like um, like almost like a white sugar sweetness, but not quite as. Oh, my brain is as a saccharin. That doesn't help. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's like the clear sweetness. Okay. Like like it's not like demerara or like maple or whatever. Like it's just sweet, but it just isn't the peak of like white sugar. Sure. It's just like like cleanliness or the clarity of that like it's a very cleanly sweet hit but it's a couple steps uh, below the, what you would describe as like oh yes that is sugar um, yeah and those malts just rounded out it's a very very nice luxurious I want to say it's a luxurious nose mm. it's just like the malts are all smooth and blending together oh it's more effervescent than the last beer, which it really is helping it open up on the taste buds. Mm. Um, here, it's much more, I think it said coffee notes. I don't know if it did, but it's, it is much more roasted um, coffee notes. Um, but also coming with that is like a, it's that acridity. It comes with roasted coffee sort of notes and stouts. It's just, it's bitter. It's but it's not. It's not bitter from like high cacao nib chocolate bitter. It's like that slightly acrid bitterness. Um, I'm wondering if it's because the lactose in the uh, last beer has made my palate a little sweet. So we'll see mm. if I adapt to mm. this. But right now it's just like it's a, it's a little, a little too acrid. I like the texture of it, and I really like it's like a more effervescent. Uh, it's making the six percent feel a little fuller. I really like the the finish. Just got all those nice coffee, slightly chocolatey, but mostly coffee ish notes. The whole thing is reasonably subdued. Having said that, um, but it's leaving my mouth dry, and like the finish doesn't have that acridity, but because the main part of the, the like start of the taste is like a little acrid and then it finishes dry the sweet spot it 
the not so sweet spot is like when the finish kicks in before my mouth dries out where I'm not getting the inaccuratness. I'm getting those other coffee, slightly chocolatey tastes in. But the problem is they're still happening in the finish, but I'm preoccupied with my mouth is dry. So I can't really just sit and enjoy with the longer finish. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I'll get acclimatized. I really hope that acridity I get in my palate uh, gets used to because it's really getting in the way of all these interesting tastes. It's just like, ah, oh, there they are. So I'm kind of sandwiched uh, on this beer of, like, the point I really like isn't lasting long enough. But I will let you know if it changes. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Um, this field trip reminds me very much of the day of beer. We're talking about day a lot this week, but of the day of beer uh, last week, which was called Written in Dust. It has that mm-hmm. same uh, um, kind of really ripe melon flavor to it it's got that same sort of earthiness to it but it's a little bit thinner so everything is coming through a little bit uh weaker than it was in the in the day a bit which was you know big big full flavor a little bit sort of thick i don't think that was a huge it wasn't like an eight percent maybe it was i can't remember whether it was a dipper or not um maybe i didn't write it down uh but this feels very similar but just a little more restrained which i think i like more than the big bold um feeling of these flavors and it's just this combination of flavors which i think i'd prefer to be a little bit lighter which this uh Lerbig is delivering but the nose is incredibly light it's you know a pretty standard sort of uh look for for an IPA, uh, a little more straw than the previous beer, and it kind of works through those flavors quite quickly. So you've got a little bit of that ripe melon, a little more of an earthy note, but deep down, kind of in this, is a slightly more floral flavor as well. So there's a little bit more of a um, a little bit more of a, a, a sort of floral, not quite perfumey, it's not quite as sort of uh, uh, harsh as that, but just underneath everything there is that, and it's maybe a little bit sort of citrusy, again, maybe a little bit of orange from, may have lasted over from the last bit, but this feels a little bit orange as well. So there's a lot kind of going on in here. Whilst it sort of hits similarly to that Daya, having that kind of ripe melon flavor having those earthy notes it just does a little bit more even though it's all a little bit lighter and so there's that floralness there's a little bit of orange going on and that 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 kind of earthy note is maybe a little bit more grassy kind of towards the end as well so everything in this is quite light doesn't feel like 7.4 percent it it could easily pass as five or six uh, a much lighter kind of beer, and it's it's just very very easy to drink. Whilst it's in a five hundred mil can, you know, a little bit more than the four forty I just drank, it's probably going to go back a little quicker than the than the dig did, uh, and that went back pretty swiftly. Uh, but this has got that kind of not refreshing taste to it. But because it's a little bit lighter, it just feels that little bit fresher, perhaps. That little bit easier 
going back. So it's kind of, all of the flavours are still there, but I still want to go into it again. You know, that floral, that little bit of citrus, a little bit of orange is kind of left over. That, that grassy, earthy note fades quite quickly. Uh, and I'm so I'm left with these initial flavours that kind of kicked in first. But I'm still getting them now, and I want to go back to it. I want to have that kind of a full flavour running through. Um, so, yeah, excellent, and it's going to absolutely fly back, so... Who knows, Lucy? Fantastic. Maybe it will be a three beer podcast. We shall, we shall I see. Mean, I, I went downstairs and got one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Perfect. perfect. But I'm sure there's a, I have the box here. I'm sure there's another. Oh, there'll be a warm stout in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even chill it. Just drink it as it is. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Good. Let's move back into, uh, games then for the last half of the episode. And, uh, I'm going to jump in. Because I've got a game which uh, I feel I should talk about, but unfortunately, I think it's going to be mostly negative. Um, oh, no. Like we got, I mean, that happens. It, I mean, it does. We, we got a code um, which I took for Lost at Sea, which is from Studio Fizzbin. Um, we got it through uh, Head Up, who are the publishers. And um, I'm just having a quick look on Steam at what Studio, excuse me, Studio Fizzbin have made. <laughs> you don't get studio has been it goes straight to head up so i would assume that this might be their first uh at least head up a published game without or at least steam game perhaps without me going to google to to have a look anymore but lost to sea is it's a walking simulator which which oh, which, which usually i enjoy oh. i enjoy walking simulators but this kind of a sales oh, it it lost at sea. Lost at sea, yeah. It, it almost assails the senses instantly. Um, it's, it's this, like, I don't know, they, they, basically it's a walking simulator around an island. And you're, uh, from what I can guess so far, you're a mother talking about the son she has lost. And you start out on a boat at sea. And then wash up on the island. And you're walking around the island using this compass that you have to find items. You then take those items back to these diorama-style areas. And once you put the item in the diorama, it will it will give you a little bit of story. And some exposition about this, uh, about the, the, the mother's kind of feelings and sort of what happened and things like this. But it it's just... It feels very kind of sluggish when you're walking around the island. Mm. The the island itself is a pretty standard kind of aesthetic, but there's so many kind of textures going on. There's so much happening in terms of it trying to change between day and night and different kind of light levels and things that it's one of the first games when when I first put it on, I felt sick. It, it, it just absolutely hammered the senses, uh, just just throwing all of this colour and stuff at me. With it being was... like textured, but not a great amount of like depth to it and stuff. So it it just felt. I'm just looking. Sorry, I'm uh, just looking at the screenshots on Steam, and it's like 
somehow really bright colors but washed out at yes, the same time. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. Like it it's it's oh like Oh god. <laughs> like it's like someone forgot to turn down the filter. Well, so like I first I the, the gamma first couple screenshots I was like, "Oh, it it feels like someone thinks that their game should be in HDR, but that's actually not it. That's like the opposite." When people abuse HDR, which is a photographic technique where you take three impressions, three pictures of the same thing, one underexposed, one overexposed, and one properly exposed, and then you use software and you merge them and you get way more detail um, than you could possibly get with a single shot because you're getting the blacks as good as they could be and the whites as good as they could be and the balance shot, and you're smashing them together with a magic algorithm. But when you see these, like, surreal shots on Instagram or on, on the internet and stuff of, like, like come, like, it's, it was abused a lot, like, 10 years ago in, like, ads for, like, vacation places or whatever, or someone, like, where it just, like, this looks fake, and it's, like, mm. this is a clearly a picture of something in the real world but kind of looks CGI. Guaranteed you that's the abusive HDR, and I was thinking, and this is the opposite, though, because it's low dynamic range, high color. It's like saturation has been yes, boosted. Yes, yes, But there's no, there's no contrast in these yep, images. Completely like you don't have the dynamic range. So it's like kind of, that's why it makes it feel washed out, even though the colors are yellow. Yes, that's you. why I say it doesn't feel like it's got any depth to it. Um, it, 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 it just, the, the, a kind of, your, your, first kind of instance about being on the boat is fine because the island is way off you're in the sea and it's the sky so everything is kind of okay but as soon as you wash up on that island and you move into the first space where the dioramas are which is this big like pillow fort full of oversized toys and all of this you know very kind of abstract sort of stuff and I was just like oh my god this is just too much it's it's just it, it is just too much for me uh, I, I, maybe take some acid. Then I mean, if, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, maybe not acid. Maybe, maybe have a have, have a smoke, have a bit of weed, just to just to, <laughs> just to calm everything down a little bit. Slow, yeah. slow yourself down. But it's not just this aesthetic which they've gone for, which which has put me off. I've only played about an hour of this game because this is kind of all I could take of it. But it's a walking sim where you're guided by a compass to go and collect these items and these items will then come with a puzzle and the mm. puzzles are pretty basic uh, one of them was here's a balloon okay walk over to the balloon oh cool I got the balloon what happens next nothing's happened okay cool oh no the balloons popped back up again right what have I missed walk over to the balloon the balloon goes away look around and behind me another balloon has appeared oh, alright fine I'll go over to that balloon look around another balloon has appeared and you get to the balloons and you walk around five or six balloons which which float kind of away so you've got to move to them uh, and then the item that you wanted appears which you can take back to kind of the diorama or one which was incredibly frustrating where this kind of orb of light was travelling along and I had to get in front of it and stop these red orbs from intercepting it, but then also knocking down walls on the path of this orb. And I kept 
failing and failing and failing because the orb, the white orb sped up. So I'm like, well, I can't preempt where it's going to go. You know, I've got mm. a wall here and a wall here. Which wall is it going to go towards? So I had to do it several times to understand the pathing of where the orb would go to know what I had to kind of do, which again, incredibly frustrating when I, I'm on my sort of like 10th go. And I'm thinking, no, I definitely hit the right ones. It's just like, no, because suddenly this orb speeds up. So it's caught me up already. So I got to preempt then that a little bit more. Um, there is one saving grace. Mm. And I do not know why they didn't make an experience out of this completely. Probably because it was far too labor intensive. But when you put an item back into this diorama, when you, when you place a bag next to another bag and it's there and, and the, the voice actor, and it's well voice acted as well. And she goes through kind of a bit of dialogue about what, what her life was like or, or her son or something like that. Um, it comes up with this, uh, beautifully drawn screen. And I, and if you, uh, go onto Steam and you watch the trailer for it, uh, one of these does pop up and it's well, well drawn and it's a little bit animated in terms of like the characters popping sort of into it and things. And it's, it's beautiful. But it's just to see this, it's almost like a little reward for having walked around this awful island, uh, <laughs> doing these boring and frustrating puzzles, to then just see a nice bit of kind of key art. Uh, it, mm. it isn't enough. And the, the story hasn't dragged me in quite enough yet. It's interesting enough that I'd like to know what happens. But I think for me, it's kind of just find a YouTube clip of all of the dialogue and in order and see what the story is just because you're, you're, you're passively listening to it all anyway once you've done the puzzle and you've walked to the space you need to be at um, so it just it just doesn't quite do enough and it doesn't do what it's trying to do well enough to keep me wanting to jump back into it I think the hour I've spent with it is probably it for me um, that's fair I mean I mean just if it made you physically ill, yeah. yeah. So the first, the first time I tried it, I mean, I probably only played it for twenty minutes the first time, and right. yeah, I mean, not even that, probably ten minutes. Once I got onto the island and started walking around, I was like, "Whoa, this is not good. I do not feel good. This is it, it's just it's just too much." Um, I then went back to it and maybe played again for another twenty minutes. And then I've had a third session, which was maybe 30 minutes. So I've progressively mm. been able to do a little bit more each time. <laughs> uh, but just walking between, you know, going on oh, my compass, oh, I need to find the item over here. Cool. Just walk across yeah. the island. Nothing really happens unless the random black orb spirit thing decides to spawn and then just kill you and start you back at the last place that you started at and gives right. you no understanding about how you could avoid it or get past it or anything like that and it the next time you walk up there it's not like it appears in the same place you might get another 200 yards towards where you need to be and then suddenly it will appear like it's mm. it, it's just a bit of a mess Really? <laughs> I mean, that, that seems to be borne out because like there's only a few reviews on Steam the one there's one really extensive one which is mm -hmm. basically saying very similar to you on a not recommend by MZ Cookies, which they basically said like um, conclusion 
as much as it pains me to be so assuredly negative on a developer's personal project, I simply cannot recommend this at all from its extremely poor performance, lackluster story, repetitive fetch gameplay, and unattractive environment. There are no real redeeming qualities, mm. topped with a hefty price tag of 25 Australian dollars uh, for a story that can be completed in one to two oh, wow. hours. I would strongly recommend giving this one a miss. So I think you're almost done. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I found the second area. I think there's only four. And there's four items per area that you've then got to walk off to find to, to, to sort of bring back. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I spent an hour. I'm probably a third of the way through, I would think, in terms of what the compass is suggesting to me. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, I've just watched the 10 minute YouTube video with all of those yeah. lovely, very, very well detailed and animated sp- screens that are kind of the reward for finding the item. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just, again, it's not one I can recommend. Um, and, and usually walking simulators do need something else to them. And this just doesn't have that. It is walk, get thing, walk back. Do yeah, frustrate I mean, the other thing puzzle. I was going to say is like our indie game pulse gave it a recommended. Um, mm-hmm. But they said, but their last paragraph is, I'm on the fence with this one. On the one hand, it's a deeply thoughtful game that will surely lead to plenty of personal introspection and empathy for others. Uh, On the other hand, it is a game which took me about two hours to complete, and I can confidently say that 1.5 of those hours were spent walking. Yeah. Um, And that just sounds... It sounds like if one and a half hours is transit of a two-hour game, that's bad. I'm fine with walking simulators and having a large chunk of time moving around. But couple that with the fact that the environments sound horrendous, well, then you're spending an hour and a half walking through something you don't want to be looking at to to get nuggets of gameplay. It just sounds like it's uh, not well completely, completely. I would suggest to everybody who's looking at this game, uh, either go and play, if you want something from this year, go and play Call of the Sea. If you want something sea-based that's kind of a walking sim with puzzles and a lot of good story, great game. Uh, or just go back and play Firewatch. Again, everyone's played Firewatch. Firewatch is fucking fantastic. Just go and play again. Done. Yeah, I'd probably spend True. two hours playing this and like eight hours recovering <laughs> in a dark room. <laughs> Mate, as soon as, as soon as it hit me, I thought Lucy should not play this game. <laughs> I will yeah. not. <laughs> That was my. That was. It was genuinely my first thought. Looking at the videos, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was uh, watching um, GDQ and I was like, okay, uh, gonna have to do like the the acupressure so I don't get motion sick watching this. I'm like, oh, there's a first person game coming up. Okay, (laughs) going to do a bit of acupressure. (laughs) Were you okay? Make sure I don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it works actually. You just like. Massage, it's called like the P6 point or something mm. like that. Mm. To reduce nausea. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame life's all in first person, isn't it, really? It'd be so much easier if we could just see everything from over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Oh, there That'd was a really great um, VR. So back when like VR was pretty new, like the Oculus was like DevKit 2, I think, was out. There was this dude. Oh, I'll try and find this out and tweet it out on the on the Tank Dub account because it was one of the coolest things I've seen as far as like playing around with things. So the guy got two essentially GoPro cameras and put them at 
Oculus, like your the average Oculus distance, which is what 3D cameras like. All th- if watching 3D movies makes you sick, it's because your eyes are either too wider or less wide, narrower. That's the word um, than the average to the point where because the the way the 3D ca- movies are filmed, it's like the average distance between people's eyes are this. So we will have a camera filming right, yes yep. here and a camera filming here. And so if your ocular distance happens to be far enough outside those margins, it just makes you queasy because it's giving you a 3D world that your brain can't process because your brain is developed with different distances. Anyway, this guy got two GoPros at that distance. Uh, he put a PC, a small form factor PC that could run VR on in a backpack running off of batteries uh, Oculus DK2 on his head, mm-hmm. and then a giant pole coming <laughs> off of the backpack that ah. had the GoPros mounted so he could oh, be wow. his own Assassin's Creed and see himself, <laughs> himself in third person, but the 3D VR wow. version of himself in third person. So he would see... He, Himself this at would that, give like, me an existential up, uh, crisis. Yeah, I'd just I was, break down. It's when I, the I game, it's when whatever program he's running glitches, and you don't fall through the world, but you just rise through the world. So suddenly the body is still there and just going up <laughs> constantly. Up. Like, oh my god, what's happening? But, I've died. But like, he was he he made the real world. That's nuts. That's fucking a nuts. third person game it's, that it's he like, was playing simultaneously as making. It's one of my favorite ver- like things of like, wow, tech can be so weird, and like I can't even conceptually think about what that would have felt like. And it's it like was when also you go into the- a changing room, and there's like a mirror behind you, and a mirror, and you can see the back of your head, and you're just like, oh. man, <laughs> I got a big head. <laughs> That's the kind of existential crisis I'd have. No. Oh. Horrific. Who does these things? These things are not meant to happen. I see, but these are things that are like my bread and butter. I love the idea of these things. This is why I, I mean, this is why I like got the Vive, even though I was leaving my more powerful computer and then figured out how to make my laptop run a Vive. (laughs) I'm one of these nonsense people. I mean, I'm I'm glad glad you're one of these nonsense people, but it's amazing. I mean, tinkering with tech yeah. is fun. But you are more nonsensical than yeah. nonsense. I will not deny that I am a nonsense person. <laughs> Good. And that's Lost at the Sea. Amazing. Hmm. Let's uh, uh, let's let's finish out the episode with you, Lucy. I mean, finish out. We've still got, like, however long we uh, want to chat about the t- left. So, like, you, you can talk about what you No, mate, I'm done. Then. That's it. That's it. I, I've, I've, had, sure? I've had such a... Um, because I'm going on holiday tomorrow, so I won't be on next week's episode. Mm. It's just the two of you. Um, I've I've just had a week of absolutely smashing out as much work as possible. So I've only found a few little bits, and I thought, I'll do Lost at Sea. And and again, I put out my Death Store review up on the site as well. So that that took me a little bit of time. Thank you. Mm. Good. Um, Very good review. I've played about two hours of work. Okay. Just a quick question Mm. with that. You play on PC, I'm yes. guessing. Uh, how did it run on PC? Good. Okay. No issues at all. It runs like ass. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Play on PC, mate. I'm playing it on the 
Xbox Series, no, Xbox, Xbox One, One X. X. Yeah. So not the new thingy, but it's like, this should really run better. I'm surprised and, it's on uh, One X, actually, because I, I thought it was just an X, a series S and X game. It's probably that smart delivery thing uh, where it's mm. like PlayStation, you, you, whereas PlayStation will charge you for a director's cut. There's no director's <laughs> cut of Death's Door, and you just right. play it. Because of course it should be able to run on a One X, but you know. I mean, I would have. There's really not a lot going there's on. Not. The I would have thought it I should know. be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. I, this this is a game yeah. that should be on Switch. Yeah. So. But it but it ran like. Ass. Wow. It's, really? It, 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 the, I can t- I'm not a frame rate whore, but like I can tell that this is not running at a steady frame rate. It's oh, that's no good. This it's is not the... quite choppy, but it's like Weird. it's like every yeah because like something like Ender Lilies, which you know playing that before, which is you know so far like my favorite game of the mm. year. Playing that that had frame rate hiccups, but only when you're like. Not even when you're traversing, it's like when you're moving onto like a next screen. Right, yeah, yeah. The combat was fluid and everything like that. And that's on a Switch. Mm. <laughs> and that's like, uh, I don't know, I'm just making that comparison because oh, I guess they're sort of similar games in that sense, like hack and slashy, you know, opening up new things. But yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's, it, it sounds it's, like it's, it. It's good, I'm enjoying it uh, for now. Um, I think it. It's okay. I'm not as high on it as you, Ben, but I, I think I think it's yeah. Good that's fair. That's like, Consider it was made by two people, mm. like you know. Hmm. That's that's amazing. yeah, yeah, so. completely. I'm I'm very surprised that it is. Um, you know, as you as you say on the, yeah, on the hopefully one there'll be a patch or something. Hopefully, I mean, it's been out what uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days, so yeah. hopefully something arrives for it. But maybe again, like now we're in that. Next generation, current generation. Ugh. You're on old generation, mate. It's your fault. You're on the old generation. No, I, I imagine that that was the least <laughs> optimized version of the game. I would think it's because got, it's, it's only come out. On like it's only come out on PC, but it's though, so base. it's only come out on PC and Xbox. Mm. Um, yeah. So you would think if I'm running a base Xbox One from 2013. Even that should it should be able to run. You would on think that. so. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I wonder if it's the lighting engine, just looking at it. It's the only thing that seems quite like there's some screenshots that look like it might be uh I, like yeah. physics based lighting instead of baked in. Yeah. And yeah. that could explain why something like the OG Xbox I mean, it one is a, it is OG it. Xbox one. What the fuck does that even mean? I hate this fucking stupid naming conventions. I don't even know what it is. The thing that the thing Lucy there. has struggling with playing X-Lite. game. Yeah. <laughs> um if it if it's dynamic lighting, that could be it cuz like the obviously the textures are nice and the aesthetic is nice, but like I think I think the there's not a lot of detail. Do this game a big like playing it in person, it's a bit, it's like a bit grimy, right? <laughs> you know, just I think it looks nicer in screenshots. It, it's nice looking, but um, mm. it, it's got you know, it's a bit. Oh mate, running running on the PC, on the running on the screen. PC, it looked fucking beautiful. That's yeah. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got a decent graphics yeah. card. I, I I would put, I would guess that they're doing the thing. Like it used to be that you could never have dynamic lighting, but now in a lot of games. Because we have the raw power, like smaller games are just defaulting to it because it looks better. 
Like even yeah. those diorama games we've been playing. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah, are yeah. Di- the reason why they look so good is because it's dynamic lighting on fixed assets, which is really yeah. easy to render now with modern graphics cards. Uh, but now, if you have a, something where it's like simple textures, not a lot of dynam- like not a lot of dynamic movements, but but moving, that's no longer in the sweet spot of we can assume everything can run it right because. Mm-hmm. When you are controlling the camera like that, like things have to render, even though you're not shooting things or Twitch mm. running, you're still like taxing the system. Yeah. yeah. You see, this is where you know the thing that Xbox are meant to be pushing would come in helpful, where I could play on my PC, but you can't. You have to buy separate Windows 10 versions. So. Wait, what? That's the hell. <laughs> I didn't know this. So, well, some games you can, you can, I can't remember, it's, it's not, what is, is play it? Anywhere, play Anywhere, yeah, Play Anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is, where, you know, I can just download it on my PC or my, you know, what, what, whatever the thing, the box with an X on it. You know, I can yeah. just play it on either one. <laughs> but I played Orin the Will of the Wisps, like, just seamlessly between the two. Like, but, but, but again, a, really a, a Microsoft ten. Studios game. So yeah. it will it will it but will so, bake in all like of that tech. Right? Third party games. Some do, and I I, I imagine that, that, that well. there's there's a possibility that that Play Anywhere is much more like you know Games Pass or PS Plus or something that that, that Microsoft are, are are giving developers money for them to be optimized to be Play Anywhere mm-hmm. because. The amount of people that kind of like double dip on games can't be insignificant mm. enough to developers to not think about that kind of thing. They're like, well, no, we, we know that people will want to play this and we will release it on PC. We'll release it on Xbox now. And we know that in six months time, people who have played it might pick it up on Switch if we release it on there or in a year's time might, might pick it up there or we release a no need. No need for Switch now. No need for the. Oh no! You know, oh shit! No, you can't deal with it now. No, there's no point. Steam. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Steam Deck. Got Steam Deck. Yeah. yeah. Fuck a Switch I'm killer. Heat <laughs> my uh, Switch into the sun when that. Comes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run Windows 10 anywhere. Play Xbox Edition on the Steam Deck, and then yeah. why would you own a PlayStation Switch? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's why I was going to say, Ben. Like you yeah. know. Uh, talk about what you want because you know a it's hard so in games b not working yeah, c, yeah i'm just not playing anything anymore until i can see the <laughs> and play them all in bed <laughs> that's fair that's absolutely fair yeah. um i i, I not mean playing a single game for the rest um, of the year I, if you if you have not i mean i've got a couple of things that i can just talk to you guys about and, and elicit some conversation yeah, through if you have nothing yeah. to to, um, to chat about this I, I only finished End of the Lease yeah. and I'll probably go into more detail when we've got you know it, it, it's high up there on my mm. uh, list it's probably the best game I've played something that will come go, uh, come back up at the end of the year yeah, yeah so nice. you're going to be gone for two weeks no only one only one week that's only one week. Uh, it, I'm only, I'm only disappearing. I'm, I'm, I'm only disappearing to the countryside for one for one week to get away from all of the diseased well. people. Um, but uh, I mean, yes, I, I there's there's been a couple of other instances where I have um, tried to play some things. I, I I did buy today, today or yesterday, maybe yesterday. Gravity Rush two. Oh. Um, because I love Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush was fantastic. Um, 
And the second one... Why, wh- wh- one of the reasons you should own a well, Vita. Well, you don't need to. It's on PlayStation 4. Ah, oh, but it's such a good Vita game. <laughs> Did Gravity Rush 2 come Gravity to Vita? Dead I mean, they're talking yeah. about handhelds. I mean... Yeah. Why get a Steam Deck when you can get a Vita? There, there was a game that came to Vita, like... Or it's coming to be... No, the 20th. Came came out... No, yeah, Russian Subway Dogs. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it came out on the 20th, because the 20th of July of this year was the last day anyone could ever release a game on Vita. Because that's the last date PlayStation... Sony have decided to stop supporting the console from now on. So that is it. Now the Vita is officially dead. But they didn't, they pulled back it on the closing on of the store. So, yeah, they, they've pulled back on the store. You can still buy games. There will just be no further yeah, I think releases. You can still, yeah, I think you can still just, I think you can still buy PSV games as well. I think they yeah. flip-flopped on that. I think it's just you can't buy, like, in-game currency or some crap like that. But who would do that for anything? Especially on the Vita. Like, you've got to be a special kind of weird <laughs> I mean there's so many games that came to the Vita which then got ported over to the PS3 or the PS4 as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly or PC um, so it's, it's like I don't think there are that many like Vita exclusive games uh, lots of first party ones that are exclusive mm-hmm. games which will never get you know Killzone something Uncharted, something. That one was all right. Other game, Murasaki something. Okay. Yeah. So there's there is stuff. Terrible there is one. stuff. But you can, I mean, you can get so many other things kind of elsewhere, isn't it? But uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they did reverse. Yeah. The um, you know, the store. So that, so so, so yeah. people can you know, and it would be great if that just lasts forever. Now. Um, yeah. Because uh, we're not quite there with emulation, so I don't want to play pay PlayStation any money. So for yeah. now, wait until the emulation's there, and then that's <laughs> get fair. rid of it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> completely. I did see someone um, put up that there is a Switch emulator that you will probably just be able to download on Steam Deck, and yeah, now you now good. you have your Switch Pro as well because you just buy the <laughs> yeah, Steam but- Deck. But but like, there's no way the Steam Switch emulator is optimized. Sure, it probably won't through run a on win, it, yeah. through a like a, a version of Windows running on the Steam Deck. It'll need a lot of power. It, that's why, like, even e- the N64 emulator like took forever to be useful because it was it wasn't that they couldn't emulate the games; they just couldn't emulate the games mm. well because yeah. the hardware was so different yes. that it just you needed to crunch too many numbers to. Make it work. And it's, like, you know, the power, you know, sync as well to emulate games properly. Yeah. So yeah. The Steam Deck probably. Won't be able to do that. Lucy, you got yourself as well, you haven't, you haven't got it yet, have you? But you ordered the Steam Deck, didn't you? Yeah, I put my reservation mm. down. Well, yeah, I, I think, think Lucy paid five cute. quid to be, have the privilege of being in queue to potentially pre order the Steam Deck. I think if you've got a reservation, you can. Yeah, you're you not going to get turned down get... for a pre-order, but yeah. you haven't actually pre-ordered. You've pre-ordered. No. Yeah. Um, 
So actually, uh, my expected the... availability is think Q1 2022. Amazing. So well, it could slip. It's, could it's, come forward. You're on the list. It's good. This this is actually pre-ordering. So when we talk about pre-ordering in games, yeah. we've, we've talked about this before. Mm. You don't pre-order a game. You just order it, and when it's available, yeah. they send it to you. This <laughs> is pre-ordering. <laughs> Because you haven't yet paid you can, you money can, to actually get it. I've paid the five pounds, but I can cancel that. And exactly. Get my money back. Yeah, you have just so. paid money. Yeah, you've, you've, you've put, put a, a deposit. You've put a very to... small deposit, and you have pre-ordered mm-hmm. something because you've yeah. got in before the order is available to be able to make. Whereas if you go on and you <laughs> yes. buy a game five days before it's coming out, you've just ordered it. Yeah, you, you just bought it. You're done. You're done. Yeah, you you ordered it with not Amazon Prime shipping, right? It's taking you five days <laughs> to get you. Yeah. It's it's dumb, and I hate it when games um do the uh, oh we're going to give you a ten percent discount if you pre-order and then it goes away, you know, on mm. day one. And it's like don't do that. Well, I understand why they do that, but I don't. Do yes, that because except with. Actually, Death Store I did pre-order, but I used Microsoft points. Oh, nice! That were expiring, so I was like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, even if it's terrible, I didn't pay for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's annoying because it's like let, let the review come out. <laughs> Once if it's broken Completely. or like it doesn't yes, run yeah. well, like it doesn't on Xbox. It's, it, that's not, let me get it clear. It's like it's not a game-breaking bug or anything. It just runs a bit poorly. It's not. It's not anything that I can't play through. I'm just saying, mm. it's, you know. Um, but yeah, it's like it's pre-order crap, pre-order culture, and game industry is just toxic. I'm, uh, 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 do we get into that now? Um, <laughs> no, I'm just. I, it, it is. I mean, it, awesome. given that you just pre-ordered a hype piece of technology from a company who has only failed hey. at hardware in the past, <laughs> I know. Are but, you really the one who should be yes, commenting on pre-order? Absolutely, content? I'm going to, to stay on this high horse that I want. <laughs> Don't pre-order <laughs> anything, including tech, especially tech. Unless unless you me, and then rules don't apply. <laughs> I mean, if if it ends up being good, you're going to be one of the few people who won't have to buy it on eBay because mm. everyone else who isn't Lucy who pre-ordered it is already <laughs> selling their yeah. spot on eBay for. Two hundred quid more than that's the thing is worth. Insane. But but that's I, the thing. It's like this, this is a pre-order way. It's like I can get my money back if I want to. Well, not this five quid. I yeah, yeah, no, you no, can. Yeah, if yeah. You don't yeah. Want, if you want to cancel. Oh, the even the five quid. I thought it was a deposit. No. But you can cancel it. It's a reservation fee, but you can cancel if you don't want it. Oh, okay. But it's like I can risk five pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, no. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, but I'm saying the five the five quid is theirs. Mm-hmm. That's all I was saying. For, for now, they'll be earning interest on it until yeah. I reclaim my five pounds or whatever. Yeah. So. so I thought the five quid was just going to be theirs if you pulled out, like a deposit. No, you can get it refunded. Oh, that's probably good. only a Steam credit. Then, then, yeah, but anyway, I, I mean, if, if I had known that, for, I probably would have. For yeah. hardware, it's like fine. Like if you pre-ordered Xbox or a PlayStation, it's like you've got your thing mm. or whatever. Yeah. Usually these things, you know, if it's that bad, there'll be a product recall. Well, yes, yeah. or a patch. Uh, <laughs> but also, but also, like one of the nice things about this. So, so if I'd known, I could just have, well, and if I was paying attention to the timing, mm-hmm. I probably would have thrown five quid at this as well because um, the big gamble with 
consoles is will the library entice you? You only know four things that are coming out and none of them are out yet, especially with this generation, right? Like there was just no launch lineup. That's why pre-ordering the Xbox or PlayStation was a gamble. But with the Steam, it's like the Steam Deck. It's do you want something that can play PC games and actually those PC games can be the ones you own? And it's gonna like even if it's kind of crappy, if you really like your older games, like to be honest, like a Steam Deck that could play some of these indies and like give me a way of playing the Lego games that I own on Ooh. PC. I own almost yeah. all of them. Like in my bed, uh, yeah, actually, I I I pay Switch prices for access to that caliber of library that I already mm. own because I games that like I've. Especially the, the platformy games or the adventure games I've like started for streaming, for example. Um, I, 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 if I though the ones the ones I've picked up again that I've like um, streamed for the site um, are the ones on the Switch because I, it's like oh yeah like there's a couple of these like adventure games yeah I grab the Switch I, I sit in bed and I play and I I've, I'm like oh yeah that game exists. And so this for me the Steam Deck would be like oh right like hey it's been a bit let me open that save of the Fermi paradox see what's going on because when I'm low key chilling I do like having it in my hand I like being yeah. in the lounge Same. while like hey that game I played three weeks ago I kind of don't remember I have to sit in front of my like at my desk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. play it um, and that's enough for me to be like. I don't remember it enough. Uh, I'll, ju- I'll just watch some shitty YouTube on my tiny laptop instead of my giant TV, which is meters away, because I have to sit in this chair or that couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But actually lounging in bed is easier. And so, like, that's why, like, something like the Steam Deck, and that's actually why, like, a uh, friend of the show uh, slash former out of Livezer, um Dave, pointed out, like, I, this must have been five years ago, like, right right when I first moved back, um, he there was this... Um, a little yeah, tablet the, that yeah um, I bought one of those but yeah it just I did too didn't work well yeah it didn't <laughs> like, yeah he claimed yeah. it worked well and it was a little ten inch tablet mm-hmm. that had a decent processor quote unquote um, and you it came with basically a harness that had two little sticks that had oh. all the Xbox controls that were sort of tubes it was t- two you held two cocks <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't move. a great it was like input mechanism. Controllers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were just like yeah. these like static cylinders with all the buttons, mm-hmm. but it fit into and and then there was like basically it's like cylinder, little arm, the 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 frame that the tablet fa- saddle, saddle in, and then the little arm and then the second one. Yeah, it was, it was fine, it, but like, and I've, the few, first few games I played were fine, and then it was like, oh, this is running really choppy, and the only yeah. reason it was. It was like, oh, this is such a great idea because it's like a tablet that I can slot in and have Windows better than the Switch. Like, it, it was more the, the controls when the, like when the game when the tablet wasn't suffering mm-hmm. were way more responsive and and they were the full Xbox layout. Obviously, not in the same spaces. And I actually felt really good holding it out and and doing the dual stick, having the two triggers, etc. It felt really good for the two games that it worked well on. Yeah. Yeah. I played, like, maybe one game, and that was, like, an adventure game on it. And it's yeah. like, couldn't play anything else on it. I I, yeah. I, I turned that I thing on. I still have it. Yeah, I, yeah, so I turned it on probably 
probably about six months ago, and I was thinking, what could I do with this? <laughs> I also did that, and then it was yeah. like, do you want to upgrade to Windows 10? Because it was a Windows 8 device, yeah. and I was like, sure. And, I'm like, and then as I soon as it did well. that, I was like, oh, I think that was a big mistake, because there's no way... <laughs> It can run yep. like it's. There's no way. Not, like I think I've downgraded the library it could have mm. played because mm-hmm. on like out of date Windows eight, it probably could run shit, but like it's not gonna. Yeah. I even even the modern Steam there, client yeah. though I think <laughs> would make it struggle. Like that's that is one of the things that they we don't talk about when we think talk about PC games. Like you know it's fine. It's actually all of these things have a client behind them, and like the Steam updates every like two weeks now. Yeah. It feels like it's yeah. like I actually don't mm-hmm. think. An old computer can run Steam and a game. Agreed. Yeah. But if I just needed to run the game, it could run it. Yeah. I was thinking, could I get like Game Pass on this or something? Nah. I like, yeah. I, I was like, what should I do with this? And in the end, it's just so cumbersome mm-hmm. to use. I was like, oh, maybe I won't do anything. With it. I, I was but thinking, I, uh, maybe I'll put it on Facebook Marketplace for like twenty five quid or something. Mm. Um, and then uh, I like. I put it down somewhere or somehow and then I put and then I would just absolutely put something on top of it and it like corner punched the screens there's a the oh. glass actually broke the glass didn't shatter there's just like an actual bit uh, of like yeah. clearly the glasses impact I'm like oh, I can't sell that anymore <laughs> an out of date tablet with a slightly broken screen it's now dead yeah. cool I guess oh. I'll just put this in the corner <laughs> fuck and it was literally the day I'm like I should and I the only reason I had it was I was like oh I like reset the OS I'm like I will just put this on if I get 20 quid 25 quid that's fine cool and then I like I don't even remember what I did and it was and like again it's not a crack across the screen it doesn't impact it but like a picture of it will have this like little white area where the glass is a little broken it was like a no one's gonna buy it. I mean, maybe they will, but like then well, it's like when the Fermi pro- paradox happens and like we're you know mm. world's ended and we're all looking for batteries and scrap and Android tablets and things. Yeah, winner. Anywho, keep all your out of date tech just in case. Good. Yeah, pre 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 ordering like consoles. Oh, which one did you pre order? Uh, the, the, the smallest one, the cheapest one, because A, just like this gaming PC that I bought for like one and a half grand, only just reading the play point and click adventure games on, yeah. like from like 30 years ago, let's be real. And also I it's mean, like expandable storage, so it's like, I've got like an SD card in my Switch, they're, they're yeah, so cheap yeah. for a lot of... Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that's how they will get people to get the mid-grade, mid-grade one, because of the SSD, but like, I don't yeah. think the, like the SSD will give performance gains for whatever graphic card that's in there but i don't i mean i'm not again i'm not looking to play i'm not looking to play control on yeah this i can so play i think that's how people PC. are gonna yeah. like and i think the people who are buying it are gonna be people who have a pc that can play yeah. those games but they're going to want because they're used to being like well i gotta have the ssd yeah i know yeah. how good that is <laughs> but like yeah I, I think yeah. that's the one you you should probably go for i don't want to spend the extra money cause well again and it's I mean, like 100 that's, extra. that's the one that it, uh 110 yeah, but it's 350 like, to 459 so it's like a th- it's it's almost half yeah. again yep yeah. not quite that's like it's 140 yeah, third on top like the only thing that i really truly want running on there is like disco elysium mm. which 
didn't run well on like my surface and it was like okay that needs to be a pc yeah. game but when someone was playing it in like the the advert for it i was like yes that's the game <laughs> i've always wanted to play i don't want to sit at, i don't want to sit at a pc playing a crpg for 90 hours and play that in yeah. bed <laughs> have the text right up in Perfect. my face and it's like yes that is the yep. game so yeah, I was just going through my library and it's like, yeah, I'll wait to play that. I'll wait to play that. Well, I mean, I think the, like the key is already, so like, the, the one thing that the SSD might do is give you, because it'll have a different motherboard layout, is it'll give mm-hmm. you more longevity of the thing, mm-hmm. I guess, but... It depends how, what their plan is to make newer models of this and like Yeah, that. but that, I was yeah. going to say, like, at that point there, it's hilarious as like Xbox, Microsoft is like, what if consoles were just P- like PCs, and now Steam's like, what if PCs were just consoles? <laughs> I'm just gonna take the take take the graphics card out of my PC and just 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 glue it onto the Steam yes. deck, and it'll work. work. That's yeah. fine. And then you're gonna get robbed by some yeah. sort of Bitcoin miner. <laughs> Did you see that? that the Ukraine using all the PS4s, FIFA mining. Oh, it was a FIFA. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, that that, that <laughs> says a lot about the... I kind of wish I stayed in economics just so that I could start writing about the economies in video games. Like, originally, before I went to philosophy, I thought if I went to grad school, I would write about uh, using MMOs as models, like, as economic mm. models. Because, like, mm-hmm. like at, again, this was late 2000s. It was like, oh... I, I could see that they have to do things to, like, curb inflation, etc., in a way that's not like the world, but there are other things that you could, like, if you manage to team up with one of, like, one of these games, you could, like, test economic theory in a yeah. really interesting way, because it's yeah. still human-driven, and the humans care, so it's not the problem with most simulations. That's really interesting. Yes, it is. Um, and now we have these actual economies with currencies that like for the people involved fit most of the requirements of currencies but obviously they're not real but like that also is a really interesting modeling Mm. thing um where we could get a lot of information but also secretly would be like so this definitely is currency so this is definitely (laughs) 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 but now we have a stupid crap like uh a whole GameStop thing, and uh, someone buying a <sighs> copy of Skyrim on Xbox 360 for like 600 Mate. Money what? means nothing. Nowadays. Wait, what? I didn't hear about this. Someone bought like a, in the, in the plastic uh, copy oh. of Skyrim Mate, on Xbox someone bought a copy of like, like The Legend of Zelda quid. for like 650,000 or something like that. I can get that though. I can understand that. Because it, Skyrim but, is available Sky- on fridges. <laughs> yes, <laughs> six hundred pounds on Xbox. Uh, some people, some people got nothing to spend their money on. So do you know? Well, give it to me. Will. Do you it's know? It's a ten-year-old game. It's not even. Yep. It's not yeah. Thirty years old, like. But the problem know, is, people who got obscenely or... rich that are in their twenties just know that n- you pay a lot for nostalgia, but they don't get that forty-year-olds paying for. Something that isn't widely available because it wasn't available in the digital age is a different thing than paying for what's ostensibly in the not day one, the day zero yes. version of yes. your Steam game. 
which comes back to my other point, like don't pre-order games because <laughs> it's it's like you just it's not like they're going to run out of them. Yeah. Oh no, no. They're wait. Just gonna, did you hear? Did you? The Final did you yes, yes. Yes. Thing, what? I think a deal linked to that. Final Fantasy. Which Final one? Fantasy fourteen but ran they can out just of keys. Hit a rand- they can hit a random number generator. And you make would think so. Yes, more. you would think so. Yes. But uh, MMOs have got like server capacity and all of that kind of stuff to think about. You know, they they go well. We've got ten servers. We can fit X number of people on. So ultimately, we can fit ten times that number of users. Uh, that's yeah. that's the keys that we can have. Uh, but Something to do with like a World of Warcraft streamer switched over to Final yes. Fantasy fourteen and dragged a load yeah. of people over with them, which just knocked the amount of users on Final Fantasy fourteen, which made them run out of keys. Like they just hadn't. I assume they just hadn't generated hadn't enough. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, it's it's literally like some person's job to do the thing, and they're like, "Well, here's our curve of users. Oh, it's an old game, so it's." One guy just sat there like flat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's like why 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 pre-order games. Yeah. So and, and for that weekend he was like, oh god, yes, 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 yes. He got paid overtime for that one week and everything was fine. Yeah, everything's fine. It's all good. Um. So the one thing. So I'm going back to Canada next month. Uh. And I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but. I still have that I got at a garage sale a in plastic Super Mario World SNES card. Mm. It's at my parents' house and I actually so, think uh, that this year might have made it worth more than the like hundred bucks it was last time I checked. <laughs> what is only a hundred? I I mean I I don't know, I'm just making a number up. I would have thought that, that would forty thousand like, dollars or anything. Yeah. Okay. So this is you just saying that you're going to become like a a shake. Just going to be like like an oil tycoon shake. It's just like you're going to buy us out. When he comes, he comes the first week back on the podcast. He's like, you know, eFootball is now a you know it's moved. It's moved to you don't buy it. It's free to play, and they just update the rosters. I bought it. That's mine now. I haven't bought a football <laughs> team. I just bought an entire platform to play games on. That's, it's, it's done. Yes. I bought Konami. It's okay. Yes. Wait. Oh. Yeah. So what will you buy if your riches shake of comes <laughs> yeah, Probably like a, a mid, <laughs> mid-tier mid Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get the upgrade. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, good. Good. It's a perfect place, I think, to finish out. This week for us, uh, let's roll back around to beers. Lucy, did you open a third beer? Mm, what did, did you open? It was uh, Polly's Moonwrecker, mm. which is um, now in Mars Spencer. Oh. Maybe. Which is surprising. Is that um, where you got it from? That's where someone got it from, um, I believe. Uh yeah, I think it was Marks and Spencer. I think, uh, yes, it was a Vault City and Cloudwater. Mm, yes. But, um, yeah, it's it was harsher than the uh, um, Day of Beer, but that's just because those are so mm. soft. So it's still good, especially if you can find that in like you know supermarket. 
Nice. Wait, what? You know, light, citrusy, not much else okay. to say. It's a classic Polly's beer. I, I, I just drank it without thinking because it's hot. Yeah, so yeah, it's fair. It's I can't fair. really compare it to other Polly's beers, but um, in terms of the winner this week... Mm. Mm. I'm going to give it to the Premier Bill. Oh, the uh, Worried Dream. I think the other one, the Bondobust, is like perfect for this weather. It, it like when I went down to you know put some more in the fridge, some more Dayabiz in the fridge. Granted, I've only got like one or mm-hmm. two of these, but even so, I would have just grabbed the Bondobust because it's like. Really soft, really easy, really smooth to drink, but so is so is the uh, premium bitter. It's like, but but it has we don't really get you know classic bitters from craft brewers mm. or you know just even even when you go to like a, a pub or something and have like a house ale or some house bitter. It tastes nah, good as that, you yeah, know? that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Like, yeah. That didn't taste like it had been set out for a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sat under like somebody just settled, settled in the cellar for a few days <laughs> before it was tapped. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah just flat. Um, but that was like you know, it wasn't very carbonated, it wasn't very hoppy, but it was like it had that had the refreshing quality where it's like you didn't miss mm. that. It was like. Had that slight citrus um, undertone to it, even with like the malty and uh, bitter backbone. It's really good beer. Like, I think my next day of shop, if they still have those in stock, I'm gonna get yeah. some more of those. Bad nice, boys, especially for Perfect. the heat. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Uh, Adam, how about yourself? Me, me. You. I think beer good. Mm, good. Um, despite being the <laughs> Let's say a suboptimal stout summer evening. Um, uh, I like them both. Um, I think it's got to go for the Garden Brewery Coconut and Tonka Bean Milk Stout. Um, the Neon Stout by Verionica was really. Uh, it did. The acridity did sort of loosen a bit. So the the main like worry I had about it lessened, but ultimately it just wasn't as well rounded. It didn't have the depth of um, Forest Out. Mm. Um, so I liked the Verionica by the end for what it was doing. It was doing it really well. That acridity, that even even the like slightly drying mouth feel, it fit, felt by the end of the the bottle um, felt less bad. And I think it might have been just the transition between the two, but it was still kind of like my last sips were just like I am having a stout. Yeah. Um, while I remember the last sips of the the garden uh, breweries as like ah oh, yes these are the things going on. I didn't get so acclimatized that it felt flat. Mm. So yeah, so it's it's that stout. So if you are on a thirty degree day, hankering for a stout. <laughs> Check out the Gun Brewery's coconut uh, and Tonka bean milk stout. <coughs> I do very much enjoy the Garden mm. Brewery's beers. Yeah, where are they from? Czech. They're they're all from Czech. Czech. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so both both very beers nice. are from Czech brewers. Mm-hmm. I, it's nice. Check your stouts at the door. I don't know. <laughs> good. Good. Perfect. Um, for me, I. Think I'm going to give it to the Lervig this week. 
Um, ju- I don't know, that's, I, I think just because of the heat. Um, it was fresher. It was just a little lighter than the other beer. It sat very, very well. Even at 7.4%, even being at a higher percentage, it felt lower. It felt more fresh and just easier to, to, to go back. The Dig was very nice. It was a really good beer. Dig are fucking fantastic. Pick up their beers wherever you see them because they don't ship out a huge amount. Yeah, like, like I don't think I've had a dick beer, beer in like two years. I don't think I've been to their brewery in like yeah, long, yeah. I, I need to go mm. back there. I always see them in like well, not always, but I see them in shops sometimes. And I'm like, why are they so expensive? It's like this is down the road, and I feel like mm, I want to support local, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this, I, I do. I think this one was a reasonable amount of money it was more expensive yeah. i think than the uh, than the lerbeck actually uh, or they were they were very close in in price but it makes sense for you you're in bristol uh, yeah but when <laughs> they're going coming, I mean, one beer coming birmingham, from birmingham like less and than one beer coming from norway <laughs> is maybe a little bit different but anyway, um, for, it, it, I think it is the field trip for me this week. Both really good beers, and I would recommend people picking both of them up. Um, but yeah, just that, just that freshness that I got from the field trip just just pops it up. It is one of those days where, like that slight viscosity, that slight thickness from a kind of uh, you know a slightly bigger beer, even though the dig was only about six percent, felt a little bit bigger, felt a little bit heavier, uh, and. I just wanted something lighter. So that just fit, the field trip just fit me yeah. a little bit more this week, I think. So. Adil, you were in Birmingham. Didn't you guys oh, yeah, dig, shit. Dig Bruco. What did you Ooh. go drinking? We didn't go to Dig. No, boo. Nah. We didn't go Traitor. to any breweries. Oh. We went to Dig Birth. That was a point. Uh, but, yes. I mean, <laughs> I didn't I make the itinerary. We also went to a place that had bowling and beer pong. And it, it, midway through the night, it was like, Beer pong feels real weird in the middle of COVID. I mean, it was the day before the walls came down, but it was still like, oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is weird. I never liked playing beer pong because it's like, yeah, I've got bad. Well, and, and, and yeah, playing, like... playing beer pong in a bar is also a bit of a weird experience. Well, and they're dead, but so it's weird because, like, it's like, uh, here. What's it, the it, name of this place again? Oh, I think I know you're about Rocks. I can't remember what it was. Called. Oh, is it there? Okay, there's. I think there's several like places that are like golf and like beer yeah. pong, and I'm just like, I'm not a child. I just want to <laughs> drink. I don't want to play stupid <laughs> games whilst I drink. I'm um, over the age of eighteen. Mm. So uh, yeah, yeah it's ro- it was Roxy bowling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's like a few bowling lanes, and then on the side, it's like parallel with the last bowling lane is like one beer pong station so beer pong like standing spot weird sloped table standing spot then a pillar and then another station because the bowling lane's long enough but that meant that the when people went to go to the second station because we were at the first they had to like kind of squeeze by Mm -hmm. us but also we just watched all the bowling people be non-covid safe because they were all just in a space together and it was like this be weird. Yep. I don't know how I feel about mm. this. It's definitely going to take a little bit of time to get, get used, used to the, to the world again. again. Yes, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's 
And I guess when you've had a few beers and you, you're probably less, mm. you know, mm. you know, you, 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 you barriers come down. But I mean, that's that's one of the, that's, the, one of the like, worries that I have about the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still wearing a mask. So. So, yeah, else. absolutely. Um, absolutely. Every everywhere I go at the moment, still. Yeah. yeah. I'll do that to the end. So I ju- I've just done some quick uh, Google fooing, mm-hmm. and all of the um, Steam decks use mm. socketed twenty two thirty M two modules, which means I even don't know what that means. basically it means it's not it's a non standard it's not your standard SSD slot. Right, but mm-hmm. even the low end one is is using the same socket. They've just plugged a, an EMMCC. They've plugged a slower drive into the slot, which means the motherboard's the same across all the models. So there's no reason to get the highest. Like, basically, if you're worried, if it ends up being slow, like a year in or two years in, you then buy the yeah. best SSD you can of that slot and put it in, mm. and that'll sorry. Is that just because of the manufacturing or something? What's going on with that? No, it, it's literally what they've done is they've made yeah they've made the same footprint for for all the models, and then um, the low tier they've socket in a non SSD drive, the mid tier and high tier they sock in SSD drives. But the right. key is it's like like the switch and all these other things, everything's soldered onto the motherboard, so you can't upgrade them. Mm-hmm. These are upgradable. Yeah. Those Steam re- valves recommends you can't, but they're they're not soldered, which means you can. Yeah. Which can, means yeah. there's no reason to get the mid grade one unless you want to spend. You'll 100... Probably void your warranty. Or whatever yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. But like, then the only difference is the high end one has the etched glass screen, mm. which is a thing you presumably yeah. can't easily get. Yeah, maybe. It's like the OLED, the switch, the, the swold. swold. Yeah, yeah. swold. Yeah, anyway, sorry, I just wanted to say that because, like, if, if people were thinking, oh, I want that SSD, uh, I mean, if like, buying the 350-pound one, if you notice it, by the time it matters for, like, like, I was thinking longevity, but by the time you hit the point where, like, uh, this MMC drive is not going to be good enough, the SSD drives that you could get are going to be as big as the big one you can buy for the mm-hmm. same price right. so that 150 yeah. quid you yeah. should hold on to and then a year or two from getting your steam deck buy it mm-hmm. yeah Probably. your warranty's already over after a year buy a new drive mm-hmm. it's literally plug and play that's how drives work like that seems like a reasonable thing to yeah. do yeah fair will i be able to play indiana jones and the last crusade from like 1993 i don't know what am i steam <laughs> <laughs> yes, can you put Gog on there? As long yes. as I can play that. Um, <laughs> good. Let's let's finish there. You can get all of us at Tanked Upcast over on Twitter. We're also out of lives net on Twitter as well, where you can go and see my review of Death's Door. You can also go to Twitch Out of Lives Net, which is where we'll network, in fact, which is where we are now, or where Adol who streams uh, weekly as well, where he did stream the Fermi Paradox and has a few more games to play before he takes his uh, summer break over in Canada. Um, so you can go there and see what You can also go to YouTube and Out of Lives Net and see lots of other stuff. See our faces, if you listen to us in video form and the beers that we drink or other things that we have put out. I am at Nova underscore 47. Lucy is... Do you see those nine? Adel is... At the Omniarch. 
And I think that's pretty much it. Go to outoflives.net to see everything that we put together. It all appears up there on our website as well. Uh, like, subscribe, review, tell your friends, do a dance, have a beer, have a party. Comment below if you are on the YouTube. Oh, yeah, do that as well. Comment, like, dance. Uh, review the podcast Praise. if it's on your podcast you have toast uh, just move just just get up and move that's that's all people need to do and they've sat down for the last two hours listening to us they've had a beer just get up and move now it's time to yeah. shake the body get some yeah. get some Go blood pumping Agreed. through and finish Chase finish your evening with a little rave and you're good to go yeah. I think that's that's pretty nice. much it so for another week we've been tagged up goodbye Bye. Next week might be interesting. It's the Lucy and Adele <laughs> show. Yeah, another one. Eight, eight hours long. Pro- <laughs> yeah, it's going to be another long, rambly thing. Um, but until then, bye. Perfect. perfect. I, I, I love that neither of you would have played a game. But it would just be like eight <laughs> hours of chat. It'd be amazing. Yeah. When the cat's yep. away, the mice will play. <laughs> <laughs> www.outoflives.net. <laughs>